Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Wow. Welcome to the Abroad Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Sunburnt Donaldson. Pete, how you doing? What's going on? Having a swig of his drink. Oh, oh we're, in, we're in a bit of a... We're in a bit of a sunny situation here. We're down in uh, sort of New Key Way, and uh, we're having a bit of a, a week's holiday, a little getaway, oh. me and uh, Sarah. And so, we're, yeah, we're having a nice time. And um, I have, because it's been so windy mm. and quite cool at times, I've not been putting suntan lotion on. And so, <laughs> um, bright red. <laughs> you look great. It's, it's a fantastic look. Yeah, the strawberry I look. Great, yeah. I love I look it. Like a, I look like a, a labourer who doesn't look after himself. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that just normal? That's just that's what you normally look like, Pete. What are you on about? <laughs> no, you look fine, mate. You look fine. Uh, Cheers, man. Good stuff. Well, I wish I was there right now. I haven't been to Cornwall since a year ago, and it's really nice. Like I know this is the Abroad in Japan podcast, but I do want to say, if you find yourself in the UK, get yourself down to Cornwall or Devon. Right, that's where I proposed to Charla mm. um, with the nice archway in the sea. Um, yeah, lovely area. Really, like lots of little coves. It's just, it's just a Tory gate, isn't it? It's just, just like a <laughs> like an old school Tory gate. I guess all Tory gates are quite old school. It is a little bit, yeah. <laughs> but like, what I love about Cornwall is just there's just loads of little inlets, and it feels like there's lots of like hidden port towns that used to do a lot of smuggling, and the like the pirate, mm. the the accent that comes from pirates. Everyone sounds like a pirate down there a little bit. Maybe that's just me. Maybe that, yeah. that discrimination. I mean, you, can't, you can't go around saying that. <laughs> everyone looks, everyone like all all the youngsters who are like, you know, just dotted the dotting around the beach and working like the, the shops and stuff. They just, everyone looks so healthy. And I'm like, well, <laughs> you guys have just been working in shops all day. How come you look so healthy? Like, I mean, I presume you spend most of your time <laughs> surfing and stuff like that, but like, I just, just everyone looks amazingly healthy, and you know it's not really been that sunny here in the UK for for a very long time. So I don't know where everyone's got their everyone's got their tan. Maybe they just don't wear sun cream like me. <laughs> More the bright red. Well, I would gladly trade places <laughs> with you. I, earlier on today, I caught the train, and uh, the train for whatever reason was like broken, and it was like an hour late. Whoa. And uh, it turned up, and oh my god, I have never seen a train with so many people stuffed inside it. I it, there's a moment of dread. I've you know it's happened to me a few times. I've got a, a train in Japan either at rush hour or when something's broken, mm. and it rocked up, and you can see in the distance right through the front window just a sea of people piled in, 
like literally, quite literally pressed up against the glass, like help me out, get me out of here. <laughs> and it rolled into the station, and I was like, "Fuck's sake, this is gonna be awful." And I got in, and like you have to push like a wave of people to get in, and then you feel hands touching you from all angles. It's very like oh dear, unpleasant. And the not so good bit about living in Tokyo, getting a train at the wrong time. But my God, I. I got off the train. I walked. I like walked home after that. It was like an hour long walk. I trudged home instead uh, because I was like <laughs> I'd, I'd seen a walk than right. I was only on it for like ten minutes. I got like bloody PTSD yeah. for all the people pressed up against what my was face. The, what, what line was it? What line was it? And where were you going? How how far were you actually travelling? Uh, I think it was the Chuo line, which is one of the main lines that goes through right. Tokyo. And uh, I was going into like the sort of Shinjuku area for something. And uh, my God, right. awful, awful. But uh, yeah, it's awful stuff. It's shit. But, but I, I, it's it's more like the anticipation of kind of stepping on a train like that because you're kind of like, well, I don't want to be there. The people who are on the train don't want you on there. But you're all in the same boat. But because you're we're not on the, on the train. train just yet, you feel like you're making the problem worse. But realistically, you just need to get somewhere on the, on the Chuo line. Indeed. And what was what was most baffling is you get in and it's just utter silence. There must have been a thousand people in that train carriage. Literally, like ten people pressed mm. up against my face. And it was just silence, yeah. absolute silence. Very surreal. Imagine if you just kept on sort of just going <laughs> by yourself, <laughs> just kept on doing that. Just start humming. <laughs> I'm, I'm loving. The, I'm. I used to. I just kept on saying like um, Frank Drebin in uh, one of the Naked Good Gun films. His safe word or his the word that indicated that he was um, uh, that he needed to be rescued by his police colleagues was I love it. So he just kept on going. I love it. <laughs> That'll go down very well. But anyway, train aside, mm. let's dive in. Let's let Pete get back to his holiday, running down mm. the beach, surfing, yep. and bathing in the sun. We've got a story this week <laughs> from JJ and Gino. He says, hello there, Chris and Pete. I'm JJ Ooh. from Essex in England, and I wanted to tell you about our first day in Japan. We got off the plane at Haneda Airport and started heading to our ryokan, our traditional Japanese inn, where my partner Gina saw what can only be described as an apple on steroids and immediately wanted to buy it. What? An apple on steroids? I'm guessing it's one of these like stupidly super pricey fruits. Uh, so we, we, brought, we bought the apple and following the ironclad advice from the Abroad in Japan 12 Things Not to Do in Japan video, we stopped on the side of the shop hoping to avoid the stare of disapproval as Gina took a bite of the steroid apple. <laughs> it was then that I noticed a man walking by in shock. He could not take his eyes off of Gina. Ooh. He then bumped into another man who was just as shocked and tripped over his suitcase, falling onto the floor. Both men then got up and carried on walking as if nothing had happened. <laughs> we looked at each other in confusion and thought it best to put the apple away and carry on to the Ryokan, wondering what we could have done uh, wrong. A few days later... When we arrived in Osaka, we were staying with our Japanese friends and asked them about it. They smiled and said the only thing they can think of uh, was that people don't generally eat apples the same as we do. They peel the skin off and cut it into slices. Have you ever heard or seen anything similar? All the best guys, JJ and Gina, with their <laughs> apple story, how they single-handedly destroyed Haneda Airport with one mouthful of a steroid apple. I, I don't know. I think it was just maybe he was just more enamoured by Gina than the way... I think mm. they do eat apples like we do. I don't think I've ever heard of that before. Yeah, it's it's it seems it seems that they would be it, it seems weird that they would be very surprised at someone just eating an apple. Maybe like the sort of depictions of um, Adam and Eve 
usually <laughs> depict Western faces. Maybe it just looked like a, a rather biblical scene that um, Eve <laughs> was getting involved with a big green apple, a big <laughs> cartoon green apple. But I mean, I mean, sense. maybe they just never seen a, an apple of that size. You know, <laughs> New York, big apple style. I wonder. I want to know what an apple on steroids looks like. You know, I know. I know all about the old uh, Japan's priceless fruit, where you get like a five hundred dollar watermelon for some fucking reason. That means given as gifts, but mm. it's really rare for them to be on sale at Haneda Airport. But clearly, it works. People buy them. Gina buys the apples. <laughs> Massive apples. An apple a day <laughs> destroys Haneda Airport. Um, well, let's move on from the great <laughs> apple heist uh, to a story about vending machines. A similar story about food. Uh, and earthquakes. Mm. And we had an earthquake here the other day. Uh, I didn't feel it because I was on a bullet train. Yay! But the bullet train basically stops when there's an earthquake and everyone sits awkwardly in silence looking at each other. So I got to endure that. Um, I've been lucky. Yeah. I've, there was an earthquake like, the day I left Sendai and Sendai like shook like a jake. And then the second time there's an earthquake in Tokyo, I was on a bullet train. So I've been good and fortunate and lucky to avoid them recently. But what happens avoid them all, yeah. if you get unlucky? What happens if... You get, in the heat of the moment, an earthquake and the food runs out. Tell us, Pete Dawson. Well, well, apparently, well, apparently, um, in the western coastal city of Akko, uh, located in a region that seismologists say is vulnerable to a powerful earthquake quake that it, uh, is expected to hit the country's central and south Pacific uh, coast uh, in the next few decades. Um, they've set up a lot of uh, vending machines where they, uh, if the um, earthquake goes off, mm. They will basically just, I don't know, something will sort of like twinge or <laughs> something will happen to the machine and it will basically mean mean that all the vending machines are completely free for the duration oh of God. the rescue mission, I suppose. But like, I does that mean like it's a normal vending machine that you can buy stuff from or it's you can usually buy these emergency items or is this just a vending machine that is just constantly there on the off chance that uh, an earthquake actually happens. Because they, they contain 300 bottles and cans of soft drinks mm. and 150 emergency food items, wow. nutritional supplements, uh, and all kinds of stuff, really. And, and they're designed to unlock and make their contents free of charge in the event of heavy rain or an evacuation order after a quake of upper five or higher mm. on the um, seismic intensity scale of seven, according to the Mainichi Shimbun uh, newspaper. <laughs> I love the name of the company that's making them, Earthcorp. Earthcorp. That sounds both Earth wonderful Corp. and sinister. We knew it was Earthcorp. Like Robocop, didn't it? It does, yeah. <laughs> and I, I love the bit in the in the article. It points out when there's not an earthquake, you have to pay for the contents though for the rest of the time. <laughs> right, okay, yes. Okay, yeah, that was in the no piece. Shit. Nice, I like that. Just turn up and smash the vending machine <laughs> up. Uh, but they want to install them throughout the country, which I think is a really good idea. Like I people often ask, like, why are there so many earthquake uh, why why are there so many um vending machines in Japan, right? And there's a few reasons. Mm. Um, some people think it's because there's earthquakes and it's good to have them around where you can get drinks. But the the better reason is that the, the better reason is that because so many Japanese cities are so densely populated, you can make a good profit off a vending machine by sticking them literally on every street corner. Because cities like Tokyo, yeah. Osaka, Kyoto have such high footfall that you know you're always going to turn a profit. Like Charla herself, out the front of her um, Airbnb, they've got a vending machine. And it's a little bit out of the way, mm. but people go there and somehow find it anyway and buy things out of it, which is pretty cool. So, where's my vending so machine? So, hang on. So, it's what? So, Charlotte's got a vending machine that she runs herself, or just they've got a vending machine that, that 
is always empty because she, people keep using yeah, it. Yeah, she's got a vending machine. She just takes stuff out of my studio and just puts it in the vending machine. Just sells it to <laughs> puts the masses. Puts it in there. Camera <laughs> lenses, the cat, cat food. <laughs> Why not? But no, no, it's um, basically you just, you, you uh, contact the company. In this case, I think it's Coca-Cola. And then you come to an arrangement, mm. um, either a profit sharing agreement. Right. And the higher the footfall, the more, I think, mm. profit they will give you. You, you basically have to negotiate mm. like how much you get out of this. Um, but in their case, it was less about profit and more just having that convenience, right? When people stay at her inn, they can just go out the front and use the uh, the vending machine, which I think is really cool. Like I'd love, I, even I've thought about getting one for my studio, mainly because I'm lazy and I mm. don't want to walk to the family mart. But it would be cool. It'd be cool to have your own vending machine, wouldn't it not? What would you put in it? Yeah, I mean, I would, I would sort of. Uh, it, there's, there's like a massive kind of like. Um, well, it certainly was about three or four years ago. Those kind of like get up at five a.m. sort of rise and grinder kind of kind of guys, mm. the, uh, the int- entrepreneur um, kind of guys who just talk about how they Whoa, make money. Yeah, get up and meditate. You know, side Whoa. hustles and stuff like that. Yeah, get have a cold shower and stuff. Um, they were quite big on vending machines for quite a while. You know, get a vending mm. machine. Fill it and and there's just loads of videos of them going to their vending machine and like opening up the opening up the the, 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 the how much money they've made and then just going through the money and how much cash they've made that week. It's quite funny, but um, I mean, I guess you'd sort of make a bit of money, but it just seems it seems like a lot of hard work, like just go, like having a big granny trolley full of Coca Cola, filling <laughs> it up, and you know, it's just it just seems like a pain. It does, and I mean, uh, Nasky, I think I've mentioned it before, Nasky's been like engineering his own vending machine he bought a vending machine mm. but being natsky he didn't want to do it the old-fashioned way and he's been working on a line of his own products <laughs> uh which he's going to stock in the vending machine at the front of his salon what could possibly yeah. go wrong get ready for an ebola outbreak or god knows what he's going to do natsky vodka <laughs> natsky cough syrup natsky hair is <laughs> i think it's going to be a vending machine that uh begs to be used uh, and, and definitely worth the trip three or five hours north of Tokyo just to use once. Get a photo with Natsuki's vending machine. <laughs> cool idea, though. Yeah. But uh, Yeah, and, and, and just kind of having that outside. Like, I guess in Japan, people are way more vending machine literate, let's say. Mm. Like, I know people who, if they saw a vending machine in a train station, wouldn't get involved because, you know, our vending machines, as I said before on the show, have have at various times been covered in piss. You know, people's pissing on them. Like, they're not very well kept. They're all rusty and they stink. And you wouldn't want mm. anything that you would consume coming out of there. But um, I think in Japan, it's just way more accepted that you can, you know, buy a can of pop every 30 seconds in your life. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Fun fact, though. Little little pop quiz for you, now that we love vending machines. How many vending machines do you think Japan mm. has, Pete? One million, five million, or 20 million? I think it's 20 million. You're wrong. It's 5 million. Unlucky. 5 million. 5 million vending <sighs> machines, apparently. Know. Allegedly. <laughs> which is one for every 23 people, which is quite a lot of vending machines, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> annual sales from vending machines total more than $60 million. So, and most vending machines... The trend, that seems quite low. It does seem low, Do doesn't think? it? Um, that's, yeah. And most mm. people pay using 100 yen coins. So, there's a man mm. out there, or several men, hauling lots of coins around. Several men. You need several men. The amount of coins that come in. There's a man hauling, yeah, 100 yen coins around. Um, pretty cool, though. The best ones except Suica card. And there's some really, like, I don't know if you've ever seen, like, the super high-end 
Dickens vending machines. There used to be one at uh, Morioka where you don't even see the products. Mm. It's just a TV screen, and you press the the, the image on the screen, Picari sweat, and mm. you press it, and the vending machine drops it. It just seems a bit too much, though. Seems a bit too unnecessarily high. Yeah, and I I want the visceral feedback of I want ten slots and I want a button for each, and I just want to press the button, um, and I want my cigarettes or Picari sweat or whatever, Hell yeah. or Boss coffee. Sounds good. I remember the good old days when Tommy Lee James used to be on the vending machines when he was like the face of Boss, like ten years ago. But he's gone. He hasn't. He's not now, on the Boss ads anymore. Sad. Has he gone? Yeah, I mean, I I think um, before people email in, um, it's is it no? Did you say Tommy Lee Jones? Tommy Lee Jones, like Who am I Men thinking? in Black. I'm fame. thinking of Tommy Tommy Lee from um, <laughs> the drummer. Oh, good God, no, <laughs> no not him. Uh, the one and only Tommy Lee Jones. For some reason, he ended up as the face of Boss Coffee, probably after Men in Black. Yes, and uh, it was kind of cool. I, it was it was the time when like you'd see foreign celebrities used a lot more in ads. I haven't seen many recently. Yeah, yeah. There used to be like Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, and Tommy Lee Jones, but yeah, more recently, no one. Sad. <laughs> Get them more in. No. Um, but yeah, expert. I mean, this the reason they're doing this. Good old Earth Corp is that there is a possibility um, of a mega. They call it the mega quake, which doesn't inspire a lot of confidence. And what I found out recently yeah. is um, Tokyo is in a pretty vulnerable position. It's on this sort of area called the Nankai Trough, just off of the Pacific coast of the country. And um, yeah, within the next 20 years, 50 to 60 percent and 90 percent likely in 40 years. So I'm oh, not lovely. looking forward to the mega quake. And Natsuki, whenever I see mm. Natsuki, he always reminds me. He'll just come out of nowhere. He'll be like, Tokyo, very big earthquake. Coming soon. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I don't want to hear that, Nasky. Thanks, mate. Yeah, thanks, yeah. Nasky. And uh, so I'm very excited <laughs> to have moved here recently to experience the mega quake. I think the last one was in like 1921 or 1923. So got that to look forward to. Um, one good reason not to live in a skyscraper in Japan anytime soon, because my God, I don't want to be up there when it happens. Like in 2011, no. when you can see all the videos of like the Shinjuku skyline looking like a fucking rocking horse. Like, what is that? <laughs> how can they do that? What's the magic behind it? How can they? How can they? How can they, it's more just like, all right, fine. You've you've withstood one, you know, you know, a quake or two, but like, what? Like, surely some damage is done with the with the rocking and the so, rolling. I mean, surely you think you think some things will be a one time fucking thing, but eh, honestly, maybe not. It's a real testament to Japan. <laughs> I'm not an engineer. It's a real testament to Japan's like building skills and after the 2011 earthquake there really wasn't that much structural damage a few buildings you know got mm. buggered and things fell off but you didn't really hear about that so much and um, certainly in tokyo so yeah really encouraging japan if they get one thing right mm. the buildings might look a bit boring relative to other countries in asia where they're a bit more experimental but i would choose a safe strong building over something that looks great but falls down the day the mega quake arrives, and I don't want to keep. I'm not going to say mega quake ever again. Mega quake. It can't actually be called that, can it? Mega quake. <laughs> so sorry, the scientific name. Dear idea. We're back in just a moment, guys, with your stories, <laughs> comments, and questions in the fax machine. Mega. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Like. And we're back with the fax machine. What have we got this week from our listeners? Mr. Donaldson. We got a message from Jasmine. Thank you, Jasmine. Hi, Chris and Pete. In a recent episode, Chris mentioned how he was still the minority because he hadn't figured out what kind of tattoo he would like to have. I remember a few years ago, Chris said he wanted to get a tattoo in his arm of the Japanese uh, proverb, uh, Kishikaise in kanji. Out of curiosity, why did you decide not to get that as your first tattoo? Or is it a tattoo that you are still considering getting, uh, says Jasmine. Chris, uh. was this true? Did you want the um, Japanese proverb, uh, Kishikaise? I think I did mention it, didn't I, on the podcast? There was another one, the um, fall down mm. six times, get up seven. Or fall down seven times, get up six, mm. which means death. But anyway, I yeah, I think Kishikaise uh, <laughs> means revival from the brink of death or recovering from a hopeless situation. I don't know why I chose that one specifically. I remember I was, I was, I was dangerously close, dangerously close to getting a, uh, a tattoo and being up there with the cool kids like yourself and Sharla, who both covered in tattoos but I just didn't know what I wanted I wanted something that I could look at every day and kind of go yeah yeah in it kishi kaise kishi kaise mate a little bit of kishi kaise and I just thought that'd be cool but then at the same time I'm a little bit wary of putting Japanese characters on my arm because it's a bit of a cliche Mm. and a lot of people do it and a lot of people choose the wrong words like Ariana Grande who did Shichirin which is the name of her album but also it means uh, small metal barbecue barbecue grill, which I think is a great thing to put on your arm because I would love to look at my arm and be like, oh yeah, barbecue grill. I can't, I don't see the problem with that. Yeah, that would be perfect. <laughs> just just put my five favourite feeds on my arm. Like, oh yeah, sausages. Oh yeah, chicken. 
Just just get like five different words of food that I like and just write a fucking shopping list. But I, I'm not completely um, against it. I haven't completely ruled it out. I did watch Charla get her tattoo recently when we were over in the UK. She got it done. And she was like, it took like through two days and the pain looked unimaginable. Granted, she had like some really nice snakes and it looked like fucking Adam and Eve with the steroid apple with the snakes. Mm. Um, but the apple, yeah. I just, I, yeah, it looked really painful. And I don't know if my pain threshold is as high as Charlotte's. But I don't know, I'll work it out. Oh, mate, not even when you're doing all your Spartan races and stuff, you'll be all right. <laughs> not even when I'm doing my Spartan race. Tough guy. There's Spartan races and then there's <laughs> I would get a get, tattoo. I might get on my neck. Um, uh, do you remember when Dean Norris from uh, Breaking Bad, uh, <laughs> uh, who played Hank, Yeah. he um, tweeted uh, the, just the words sex gifts. No. He confused his he um, status. <laughs> He confused his status with his search bar and just tweeted the word sex gifts. Um, and I might just write sex gifts on my neck. That'd be well, that's, that's a lot better than Kishikaise. That's a, a lot more meaningful. Do it. Sex gifts. I like that. There you go, Jasmine. Sex gifts. I'll get that done. But I don't know. I'll, I'll think about it long and hard. But again, like it's that whole idea of like, you know, walking into a Japanese hot spring, which I do a lot, and just going, oh, am I going to get thrown out? Like I went in once. Uh, mm. Not that long ago, like two months with a friend who had tattoos and he was really like on edge the whole time he was in the bath. I was like, they're not going to throw you out, man. You're going to be fine. He was like, uh, I better get out. And he like ran out after uh, <laughs> a bit of time. So I don't want to be like that. I don't want to have my onsen splashy, splashy time ruined by the fear of being thrown out for having sausages tattooed on my arm. Uh, we got one here from Zachary. He says, hello, Chris and Pete. My name's Zachary, and I'm from Kent. Hey, Kent represent. My question is about practicing speaking Japanese. When I'm mid-sentence and forget the word for something in Japanese, there's an awkward pause uh, where I attempt to remember the word in Japanese before switching to Japanglish. How would you recommend overcoming this barrier to speaking? And should I apologise when forgetting the words as to not come across as rude? Uh, Many thanks, Zachary. I mean, there's a way around that. Pete, what do you do? Um, if you've ever heard most older Japanese men who are a bit doddry and they don't really know what they're saying, <laughs> just give like a five second ano <laughs> or just a or just a or just a surely. It gives a second, mate. I'm just trying to figure out my brain box. Yeah, exactly right. Uh that's the best way <laughs> to say. Um what mm. well, uh, yeah, just be like ano. That's basically like going, um, um, uh like there's a few words like nandarone and eto. is more like you're kind of thinking, mm. processing something. Ano is more uh, of a pause, right? Etone. I like that. But it's good to get in the habit of saying that because certainly in the early days of learning Japanese, you do panic and switch back to English. And if you can you know, mm. drill it so you remember those words and you sound more natural by using those sort of phrases then. I, I find early on when I was learning Japanese, it all fell apart when I gave up and just switched back to English. And often it mm. was because, like, the word didn't come out straight away, right? Um, mm. And uh, so it it's kind of, if you can buy yourself some time by saying, like, ano, etone, nantu if you can buy mm. some time like that more often than not the Japanese word will come and you'll remember it and you can stay in Japanese and that's an important stage of learning 
Japanese language and, and becoming sort of conversationally fluent. But don't worry about being rude or anything yeah. like that. People here, people in Japan are very grateful and kind and open-minded when it comes to speaking you know, Japanese and trying. And they'd much rather you try and fail than never sort of try at all, right? What do you do, mm. Pete? You, I mean, I think I've heard you say it, or I think I've heard you do it. Hello. I, yeah, I mean, I, I think people will um, give you the time and space to get it right, I suppose. Because if you've ever... It's like it's like when you speak to someone who's got, like, um, you know, a stutter or something. The worst thing you can do is start trying to sort of fill in the, the words that you think they're going to say. Mm. It's like the height of rudeness, and they fucking hate it, um, as, as they should. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think I think just give, them, give people the space and time, you know, like, life's not that short <laughs> to, yeah. to have to sort of go, tell me what you mean right now. So, yeah, I think people, especially Japanese people, who are, you know, polite to a fault, um, will give you that sort of space to, to, to get things right and, you know, back yourself a little bit, Zach. Relax and just sort of, um, yeah, and, and, and the, the right word will come, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, and there's another, there is a phrase, if you want to explain the situation, you could say like, ah, oh, simasen, excuse me, sono kotoba o omui dasenai desu ka? Omui dasenai means like um, thinking and won't come out. Omui dasenai. Omui dasu means to, to think of <laughs> or for it to sort of pop out your mind, right? So, yeah, sono kotoba, that word, or... Onwi dasanai. Onwi dasanai. Onwi, so think of like the sadness of loneliness and, you know, just yeah. general bereftness. Onwi dasanai. Onwi dasanai. I like it. Yeah, simasen. Onwi, like or we it. could just literally be like, onwi dasanai, simasen. Like the mm. words not coming out and just like gesture. Like, onwi dasanai, yeah. the word. And then, <laughs> you know, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Do that. And then just... Mm. Throw in a cheeky chigaimas. No, it's different. And then just wet yourself. <laughs> wet yourself in <laughs> Language learning tips for Pete Dawson. We've got one last question here yeah. with Adam. He says, hello, cantankerous Chris and ponderous Pete. I'm heading to Japan in October. I fly out the 30th and land on the 31st for two weeks of exploring. Uh, I do have autism and I'm quite nervous about my first solo adventure. Any advice you could give? Yours sincerely, Adam. Well, first off, Adam, have a great time. Uh, or October's a yeah. bloody great time to to come to Japan. Probably one of my probably my favourite time to be honest. I don't. I mean, I don't know how autism would necessarily impact your time in Japan. Um, I, I mm. don't know how, how would that be an issue. Do you think, P? Anything you could think of? I, th- I think. Um, I think anyone with uh, sensory distress forms yeah. of, of kind of autism would obviously um, find it difficult to deal with uh, to deal with cities. But I mean, I guess. You know, maybe I, I don't know how it works, but I imagine the most the unpredictable sounds are the most um, uh, upsetting and, and kind of um, damaging, I suppose. But mm-hmm. like, since fucking Japan's just a cacophony anyway, yeah. maybe you just never sort of worry about. Uh, maybe your your brain just goes into kind of like, well, I'm just in a noisy place, and it's you know it, it's going to be hard for me. But um, you know, it, it's just a constant sort of noise, chaotic noise, rather than. Quiet, 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 mm. quiet noise. Quiet, 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 quiet noise. So, I, yeah, I, I mean, shortly. I mean, I mean, in short, I, I don't really know to be honest. I think it's, uh, um, but yeah. Well, what I would say is be strategic. I, I there are things about traveling mm. Japan that I don't like. Um, Japan, certain times of the day, the whole country is extremely yeah, public busy. transport. Good public God, transport. Yeah. yeah, I'd say number one, make sure you plan things out more in advance so you don't have surprises. You know, whether it's hotels or where you want to go. Mm. Number two. Do not travel at rush hour. 
Um, things start to get bad around after 5.30. Um, and 5.30 to 8.30, it's extremely busy. Everything and everywhere is a nightmare. Uh, so I strongly urge you mm. to travel, you know, three to four or whatever, if possible, and get to your location before rush hour um, and leave after rush hour. Otherwise, you'll enjoy the train as I did today. And no matter what you've got, yeah. you'll, you won't enjoy being on a train like that. My God. Um, so <laughs> I think it's kind of like, I, I think it's kind of like, um, ang- well, uh, like, I mean, it, it's it's anxiety in like social situations and just kind of like things changing in an unexpected way. So as long as you plan your trip, you probably need a bit more planning time and a bit more planning regimen than than most. Um, but, you know, people will give you that space and time to, 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 to get things right, I think. Like what we're talking about with the, you know, language barrier in the, in the second mm. uh, email this week. You know, people, they're not, it's not an aggressive, uh, the, the cities aren't aggressive and the towns aren't aggressive. It's pretty, they're pretty respectful, quiet um, in themselves. So yeah. that social anxiety, you, you may find, you may find it, um, it, you, it kind of bounces off you a little bit. So yeah, but let, do, do email in and let us know how you went, got on, man. That sounds, uh, that sounds really exciting. I think you'll have a great time. And um, one more bit of advice. If you go mm. somewhere like Kyoto, it definitely pays to get up early and explore places like uh, mm. Kiyomizadera Temple early when it's not heaving with people like it was a joke when i was there so jet lags for yeah get up at 5 a.m <laughs> have a rummage around kyoto and you'll have a great time and remember when you do arrive at Haneda airport uh, uh adam do go and get an apple a uh, very big apple uh <laughs> big apple <laughs> big, apple. big apple have a good munch on an apple <laughs> have a great time let us know how you get on keep the stories <laughs> questions coming in to abroad in japan podcast at gmail.com we'll be back later in the week guys to do it over again but for now have yourself a great few days. And Pete Donaldson, enjoy Cornwall. And we see you right back here to do it over again with a sunburnt Pete next week or later <laughs> in the week. Bye for now. Ta-ta. in Japan is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 